Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His Word. Well, this morning will require your participation. Yep, this is not one of those messages that I preach to you and you go home completely changed by how good it is. Today, thank, that's a joke. Um, today requires your participation and on your way in, you would have been given a card which has gratitude practices on it. I believe we still have some left over. I hope that we do. If you do not have one right now, if you want to raise your hand and we will make sure we get one to you. Thanks, Michelle. I know that on your way in, you probably thought this was a giving card. And you thought, really? You want my money on New Year's Eve? Yes. <laughs> no, this is a little gratitude practice. Um, but if you're electronic, like I reckon most of you are, I think most of you have got a mobile phone in this place, um, you can also write out these questions in a few moments' time. But I want to lead you in that. And I'm just going to share for about 10 minutes or so, and then I'm going to invite you to actively participate. I actually love our New Year's Eve services because it allows us to have a moment to stop and reflect on life. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, if you are in this place right now, you have survived thunderstorms, heat waves, and Boxing Day sales. And you're here to tell the story. But I feel like this morning presents a, a wonderful opportunity. Like Andy said earlier, we don't want to just carry everything with us from 2023. I almost said 2013. Man, how time is going quick. We don't want to carry everything from 2023 and just allow the hours to roll on by. Because let me tell you, it's just a few hours, nothing will really change. It, it's just a few hours. But we can have a moment. You can have a moment where you receive a fresh start. You can have a moment where you actually leave something behind in 2023. And I want to say, I know so many of you, when I look across the room, I know you're 2023, and it's going to be really great to leave it behind. Some of us have had a really tough year. And I want us to take a moment to not just kind of roll into the next year, but to carry something with us that God wants us to bring in, but to give us a fresh start. I know that New Year's resolutions, a lot of people have them, like Andy shared earlier, they're diet-related or health-related or you want to be a better person or something like that. The fact is, it just won't last. <laughs> it's going to let you down now. Uh, I, I remember I watched these Netflix documentaries on meat. I lasted three hours. By 11.30, I wanted bacon again. I've tried it with sugar. That lasted two days. You know, it, it just doesn't seem to last. But here is the thing. Here's what does work. It's making a decisive moment now with prayer and expectation and then making a thousand tiny decisions from here on in. That's what works. Life is not one massive decision. It is a moment where you make a decision and then the thousand tiny decisions from that moment forwards. And so we're going to do that this morning. If you have a Bible, open it with me to Psalm 103. It's a great psalm. It's a psalm of praise. I'm going to read the first five verses, though. It will be well worth your time. 
to read all 22 verses. It's an amazing psalm. I want to say this as well, and this is a practice that I do that I would invite you to do. I know many of you um, do this practice. An old friend of mine told me this just last year, and I've been doing it ever since. Whatever age you are turning this year, pick the psalm of that year that you are turning. It's a very confusing way to say it. I'm turning 40 this year, and uh, so this year I am going to be reading through Psalm 40 pretty much every single day. And for you, whatever your age is, as long as you're under 150, <laughs> which I've got to say, it's a doozy of a psalm, you don't want to get there, pick something out of the psalm. It's not, I don't ever want to say it's superstitious or, or, or prophetic even or, or predictable in that sense, but there is some gold in every single psalm. And so I would encourage you to figure out how old you're turning this year. <laughs> if, you can, if you need help with that, come and see us afterwards. Um, but grab that psalm and pray it through throughout the year. Uh, mine is pretty amazing. It, it talks about the Lord hearing my cry and lifting me out of the slimy pit. I don't know what my slimy pit is, but I'm looking forward to being lifted out of it. But I want you to do that. It's a really good practice. Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I added the O in it because the more recent NIV version drops the O out of it, but I like the sound of the O. It just adds a bit of flavor to it. It's kind of like our song, you know. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Do you notice something after benefits? I want you to pay attention to it. Does it have it there on the screen? It doesn't have the little dash there. Oh, that's, that's a shame. Over there next to benefits should be a dash. And if you're reading it from a regular Bible or even your glowing version, there should be a little dash there. And I want you to notice that. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all His benefits. The psalm, in fact, is framed with, with that kind of one beautiful line, praise the Lord, O my soul. It says it at the start, at the beginning, midway through, and at the very end, to praise the Lord, O my soul. It's a funny little psalm, this one, because we're given no title. Most psalms have got a title. Most psalms point directly to the author that wrote it, this one. There's a lot of conjecture about who actually wrote it. What you notice about this psalm is there's no reference to any specific incident. There's no reference to certain enemies. There's no reference to any kind of deliverance. It tells us something really important about this psalm. This is a psalm for all occasions. And when a psalm is for all occasions, it tells us something. It doesn't matter your life circumstances, this is a psalm to pray. And this is a psalm to praise. Often there's psalms that are written by David and others and they're pointing directly to a certain life circumstance and those are great to pray through. I know Psalm 91 was one of those, you know, a deliver us uh, from the arrows that fly at night and the pestilence by day. We all claim that one during COVID. It was the pestilence psalm. And so we all grabbed that one. Psalm 91. Yeah, it's kind of an okay practice to pray through a psalm depending on the situation in life. But this is a psalm for all occasions. Why is that? 
Because we need to be people who praise regardless of our circumstances. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Today, essentially, in this reflection service, is to stop and reflect on all of the benefits. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency in my life, and I'm sure it's true for most of us, it's so easy to highlight the negative things that happen. It's so highlight, easy to sort of catch the things that happen throughout a year, and those things are vivid and clear and, and so memorable, and it's so easy for the good things to kind of fade off into the distance. It's kind of human nature for us to live that way. It's easy to recollect a year that was difficult and hard. But the more disciplined practice is to stop and be reminded of the great things that have happened. The harder things tend to stick. One of the gifts that Beck and I gave each other this year for Christmas was a Teflon-coated pan. I know, we went all out this year. We collectively agreed to not buy each other handbags. <laughs> we, thought, we thought that we'd just buy each other a Teflon-coated pan. I've got to tell you, this thing is changing my life. There is nothing that sticks to this thing. It's unbelievable. You should do yourself a favor and buy one. I don't work for them, but I'd like to take a cut from them. But seriously, we've been dealing with this old pan every morning. We have breakfast together every morning. We, uh, we cook eggs, we make coffee. And uh, yeah, I know, we're pretty advanced. We're very classy people. Um, but this pan, I mean, it's just been kind of years of just things getting stuck to it. And every time it's got to soak all day until almost the next morning just to get the eggs off it. And now we've got this Teflon coating. I oh, mean, my, my year, 2024, it's going to be soaring, I can tell you. But, you know, our memories work in much the same way. The bad things easily get stuck in our brains. The good things just so often slide off. And it actually takes intentional thought and discipline and gratitude practices in order to ensure that the good and faithfulness and kindness of the Lord remains front and center in our minds and not the old. It's amazing how the painful things often get attention. You know, uh, we've been playing a bunch in the pool, me and the boys have been doing a bunch of wrestling and I'm still just winning at this little basketball game that we've invented. But I scraped my big toe, just scraped it very gently. Yeah, I know, thank you for your sympathy. Just Luke. And I can tell you, it's amazing how much attention my little toe has been getting from me. I've been thinking about him all the time. You know, I, like I don't, I never really think about my little toe. He doesn't really do much good generally in life. But because he's hurting, he's getting all this attention and he's loving it. Can I tell you, your pain works pretty well the same way. If you have had something hard happen or painful, and, and I can say honestly, even really, really difficult and, and grief-filled, can I tell you, these practices are things that will shape our mind and our thinking to actually see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's interesting to me that all throughout the Old Testament, God was really concerned with something with the people of Israel. In fact, in Deuteronomy 8, the Lord says this, when you enter the promised land and you are full and your life is good and you are provided for, you will forget me. In fact, when the people of Israel crossed the Jordan, the first thing that the Lord commanded them to do was to take the stones 
and put them as a memorial so that from generation to generation they'd be reminded of the faithfulness of the Lord. The Lord was incredibly concerned that life would just happen and we would forget His sustaining hand, the power of His Word and all that He does in our lives. That's why the psalmist says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Now, I love this wording there, O my soul. It's almost like the psalmist is encouraging us to do something. Do not let your emotions dictate terms. Tell your heart what to do. Time and again we read this in Scripture, that our heart wants to go one way, or our emotions want to move in a certain direction. But you actually need to have a conversation with your soul. Sometimes, and I want to say even from 2024 onwards, you need to get up every morning and say, praise the Lord, O my soul. Doesn't matter how you're feeling, doesn't matter your life circumstances, doesn't matter what you're waiting on the Lord for, praise the Lord, O my soul. Literally have a conversation with your soul. Why is the psalmist encouraging us to do this? Because the fact of the matter is, is believing is not just mental agreement, but actually it affects the very core of who we are. When we press the truth of the gospel actually into our hearts, it changes our very being. Now, for most of us in this place, I would assume that you believe in Jesus, that you're following the Lord, and you trust Him with your life, and that's a, that's a great thing. Psalmist is encouraging us to not just mentally agree, but to press the truth deep into your heart so it actually changes the way we live. Let me explain this, and you'll find it relevant. I think I've used it before, but uh, you know what it's like at Christmas time. One of the things that Beck keeps on encouraging me with is my use of sunscreen. Very often I will get to the beach and I very quickly want to get into the water, and so I'll just pour a bunch of it into my hands and just pour it on my body once, you know kind of run in the ocean, you're kind of white, and as soon as you jump through the waves, it all comes off. But I'm not changing. But the fact is, is if I want it to do the work, I, I have to put it on. But there's something else I have to do. I have to keep on rubbing it in and keep on rubbing it in. And by rubbing it in and giving it time, it actually is absorbed into your body. Do you know how the truth of the gospel works in your life? It's not just lathering it on the outside of you. It's actually not even just coming to church. It's actually taking the truth of the gospel and pressing it deep into your heart so it actually works. It actually changes you. It actually makes you think differently about your life. So, if we took this psalm and we decide to press it deep into our hearts, things will shift in our lives. Let me explain. That little dash that I mentioned earlier actually does something in the Hebrew. It actually means that everything that follows that little dash is a list of all of the benefits, almost 20 verses worth of benefits. And here are just a few that we've read out. He forgives all your sins. He heals all of your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things and your youth is renewed 
like the eagles. Think about it like this. This is the original and the best Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Your greatest and your deepest need is to be forgiven. You need to be healed. You need to be crowned with the goodness and mercy of the Lord. You need your life to be redeemed from the pit. Let me just take one truth and show you how to press it into your heart and then we'll move into how we do this in practices of gratitude. Think about it like this. He forgives all of your sins. If I move forward into verse 10, it unpacks it even more. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. If you take the truth of him simply forgiving all of your sins, here's how you press it into your heart. We often think that meditation is a clearing of your mind. Can I tell you, that's just Eastern transcendentalism. They've just taken a biblical practice and warped it into something weird. The biblical practice of meditation is actually to not clear your mind, but fill your mind. It's actually the very opposite. It's actually to fill your mind with what does this actually mean? He forgives all of your sins. Even the wording there, it's fascinating. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. You ever thought about that? As far as the east is from the west? Now, if you are traveling east, let me try and explain this. Never eat soggy wheat bix. Okay. If you are going east, then you are traveling east. But at what point do you begin to travel west? Ah, good. Now you're thinking. If you travel east, at what point are you beginning? to travel west? The answer to that conundrum, and no, the earth is not flat. (laughs) The answer to that is they never touch. They never go near each other because there is not one point that you stop going east that you begin to go west. What does that mean is they never run into each other. What is the psalmist trying to do by making us meditate on what it means to be forgiven? Your sins are spread so far apart, they are impossible to ever touch your life. So far have you been forgiven, as high as the heavens, as the east is from the west. When you know the truth that all your sins are forgiven, how does that change the truth of how you live your life today? It means you are free, it means you are set free, you can live in joy and fullness and every day is actually a fresh start because His mercy is in you every morning. You take the truth, but you press it into your heart, asking yourself the question, what does this really mean? And with that, let's move into the practice of gratitude as we forget not all of His benefits. And in fact, I want to say this, as a sneak peek for next year, I know that our year is going to be shaped by gratitude, praise and joy. I feel those three things that God's going to move us into next year. As we press the truth of this psalm into our heart, I want you to take this little piece of paper in your hand and look at these gratitude practices. The first one in this is this, 
In 2023, I am most grateful for. Now, this will not be on the final exam, and you can talk to those around about you, but in a moment, I'm going to get you to look at all three of these. Here's what I would recommend. You don't have to just write one thing. Maybe start to write as many as you can. I often find when I'm doing these kinds of practices, the more that I'm writing, the more I realize just how much God has done in my life, and you may highlight one or two. It could be as practical as the fact that this morning you drove here in a car. It could be as practical as that. It could be as simple that you've got breath in your lungs, that you woke up healthy. It could be as amazing as the blessing of family, whatever it may be. It could be big, it could be small. The next one is this. One of my most joy-filled memories this year has been. This one requires a little bit more thought, but I want to explain to you why it's in there. When we do gratitude practices, it's easy to kind of compile a large list, which is the first part of the activity today. You're a very good class, by the way. You're very good at listening. You all get to leave early. Um, we can move through a list of things we're grateful for, but I want you to stop and find a joy-filled memory. Now, psychologists will tell us the more you hold a joy-filled memory in your mind, the more that the joy begins to actually fill your heart. That's one part of it. But there's another piece of it as well. Before you move into 2024, you should really think about what actually brought you the most joy. What is one of the moments where you felt the presence of God? What is one of the moments you felt the smile of heaven on your life? Because actually what you realize very, very quickly, what brought you the most joy was not a thing. It was a person, it was presence, it was people. And what brings you that joy-filled memory? I don't mind sharing what ours is. It's uh, when we were on the boat from Bundaberg up to the Lady Musgrave. Oh, yeah. Got a little bumpy in the water. And I'll never forget one son projectile vomiting his pineapple onto my other son. <laughs> it's probably one of the greatest moments in my entire life. To see the look on his face as he leans over and says, Dad, and that pineapple was not his own. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Lord, more of that. Amen. <laughs> I won't tell you what happened next because it got pretty bad from there. But anyway, <laughs> that little memory, as silly and probably inappropriate in church as it is, I think about it regularly and it makes me smile. <laughs> now, look, I may have problems, but that's okay. <laughs> I want you to think of a memory that just makes you laugh like that and realize that it's in those joy-filled moments with people that the presence of God is there, smiling from heaven. And hold those little memories in your head. Because like I said earlier, the bad things easy can, can easily highlight, the good things can fade, but when you actually put these practices in place, you actually hold them in your heart and mind and you see the faithfulness of God. Now, for those first two, I have an additional challenge for you today, class. And here is the thing. If you can do those two things every day for 30 days, I want you to measure your joy. Gratitude is the seedbed for joy. 
holding memories of, of what God has done and is doing builds praise and expectation of what God will do. If you take those first two activities and every day you pick a new one, you know you could actually do it in five minutes. I reckon everyone has got five minutes. No one is that important. Everyone's got five minutes where you can select one new thing you're grateful for and actually take a moment and think, oh, I am really grateful or this memory brings me great joy. The last one is quite simple. My prayer for 2024 is, it could be for healing in your body. It could be restoration in your family. It could be seeing certain loved ones in your life come to know Jesus in a real and authentic way, whatever that may be. Team, I want you to come and join me. For the last one, I, I want us to do something at the very end of the service. I want you to write what it is and, you know, if it's quite detailed and personal, obviously there's no reason or no need to share it, but I want you to do something. I would love to have the opportunity to just pray over what you're expecting for 2024. Physically, I can't do that across this room of a lot of people. But at the end of the service, I would love every one of us, before we leave this place, to have a moment where someone partners with you in prayer for that. Now, you can fold it up. It doesn't even matter. You can just grab someone you know or come down the front. One of our team will all be lining up down here where we just grab onto that and we just join in faith and expectation and say, Lord, would you do it? In 2024, would you do it? Would you bring their son or daughter back home? Would you heal? Would you restore? Would you bring breakthrough in Jesus' name and find the partnership in our prayer? So, it's time for the activity. You've done very, very well. No one's name's on the board. Good job. Uh, the team is going to play quietly. We're just going to take five whole minutes. It's a long time. And I want you to find what you're most grateful for. As you begin the seedbed, this practice of gratitude, take a moment and find one joy-filled memory. Look, if you can't figure it out right now, just go home and do it, but at least carve out the time right now. And then ask the Lord, my prayer for 2024 is this. Take five minutes and then we'll close. We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them and we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au.